All right, folks, welcome on into another edition of the High School Huddle, your one-stop shop for everything and all things Section 5 Sports. I'm AJ Fellman. He's Carl Jones. We have hit February. We have got two more weeks left, basically, in the Section 5 basketball regular season. Hockey, just about the same. Things are heating up. Things are getting good. We had a really fun game, a show of round ball last Friday. Carl was... Having the magic touch every game he went to was a great finish, a thrilling finish. In some cases, maybe a little too thrilling for our own good, making it so the timing didn't work out. But we had a fun time last Friday. No, nah, it was cool, man. Like those those in the game situations. Speaking of last week, if I'm trying to remember right, uh, Fairport was up against. Man, everything is is rambling together right now. But Fairport hit a game winner buzzer beater at the end. With their boys team uh took down scrolling up right now, folks. Uh Fairport uh beat Hilton at the buzzer, excuse me. Hilton hit a nice, like probably like shot from like 10 feet from behind the three-point line to send it to OT. Then Fairport loses their two best players due to foul trouble, LaShar Lowry and Aiden White. Boom, doesn't matter. My other uh, the, another man comes up, steps up, hits a a dagger to end the game. Just remarkable in that regard. Um, then before that, I was at Victor and Schrader Girls. Yet again, Schrader girls losing to Victor by one point. Tough, tough. I know that's that's rough. Um, just that when you when you got it like that, you, you feel good. But at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I low key want like you know some pizzazz with some nasty highlights or whatever. But it's cool though. Beggars can't be choosers, and it was a fun day round up round ball for sure. Yeah, I'll get some names for you as I was able to pull up the article. Will Stanick, the game winner for Fairport in overtime, and then on the girls' side for Victor. It was Hope Stone with the putback at the end uh, for the Blue Devils. So a lot of fun games. I, I didn't have quite as much drama, but still a good one. We, we talked about it, previewed it last week on the show. Aronicoit taking down Eastridge. Isaiah Ballard. Man, you talk about a team that knows their identity, knows their bread and butter. It's Mr. Isaiah Ballard. Uh, 24 points and 25 rebounds. To, to come away with the victory there. He was just an overpowering presence, uh, really getting it done for them all game long. So good win for Rondequite. We're going to have some great games this week on Round Ball Roundup, which, which we'll talk about later in the show. But both of us this week, as the Bill seasons come to an end, we got out to do some high school stories, get some more spotlights on some of the teams and players that we've been already talking about this season. Carl, not only did you get a chance to see Athena for the first time in person, uh, basically kind of ever since it seems like I always get out to the Athena games, but you also got to go and sit down and do a story with the Reeves brothers uh, who have quite a, a fascinating story about, you know, their basketball upbringing, both, you know, in their family and just kind of, you know, the, the battles that they went through over the years. Yeah, man, the Reeves brothers. It's not the first time that section five has heard that last name ringing bells about 20 years ago, their uncle James Reeves was a star at Edison tech, went on to play in Niagara, Rochester Razor Sharks had a nice about decade long pro career. And then his nephews are doing their thing. Uh, Athena right now, the top team in all of New York State for class double A. They're a fun bunch to watch. Really, really fun. They get up and down the floor, three pointers, dunking the rock. Although I told Corey, he traveled on his dunk. So I couldn't put it in the show on Saturday. So him and I had a nice little chat in person. He said, next time I got you, I was a little too excited. Whoop de whoop, whatever though. But I, I mean, the thing about these stories that are just so uh, fun though is, is it, Obviously, telling the story is cool and dope or whatever, but just getting to meet like the subject and getting to meet the kids is always the coolest part. Um, you get obviously you only can get to tell but so much through the lens of your camera, but when you get down to sit down with them, um, 
is always fun because at first, as AJ knows, they someone they talk to is all good and fun, and then you put a light on that camera and they act all camera shots. So I had to stop the camera, like, man, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did I? We was just talking like we was at the barbershop, and now I put this light on, and now y'all acting all stage fright. Once I, I we we handle that right there, they open up. They're a fantastic bunch, really good uh, kids, raised by uh, two terrific parents that I got to meet as well uh, earlier this week. Fun story. I, I mean, the story itself was kind of unique and cool how those three brothers are leading the way on a team that's one of the best teams, if not the best team in the state for Class AA right now. But also, there's really cool kids, great bunch. Um, fantastic story upbringing as well as you can imagine Corey, who's the oldest of the bunch bullied his little brothers as kids and that's how it's supposed to be in a familiar bond like that regardless great kids rooting for them every step of the way and, and i kind of aired this soundbite in our uh you know smaller uh, feature story on it at 11 you know they were battling as kids growing up at their house the, the porch they called it but then apparently they went to daycare together and they built them a basketball court at the daycare kind of just for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, 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 listen, ball was life for them. Like they were like, yeah, the last name means a lot. It means that you're a hooper, like point blank period. Like someone like we all got stories with our names and our family and for them it's basketball. So wherever they went, basketball was the number one and main objective. So if they got to go to daycare, look, obviously keep them occupied and keep them safe, but make sure they got somewhere where they can put the ball in the, in the hoop. And that's clearly what that daycare did for the Reeves brothers. Anything else you want to talk about the story? You know, um, one, one, you know, you also talk about John Walsh being from there. Athena's had some great players and, you know, how they kind of want to, you know, leave a legacy. A anything else uh, you, you want to share about your, your time over there at Athena? I mean, I mean that was a, a cool part as well. They said every time they walked in the gymnasium, um, they were reminded about the success of that 92 state championship team. And they want to, um, replicate that success and then send their big brother out the, the twins are junior so they're a year below Corey, who's the senior of the bunch and they said that they want to send him out on top just like that team was remembered and they were like just you there's this 30 years now past since that team has done things and that team still gets talked about so they said they want to do the similar things where they can come back years decades from now and still be memorialized and honored like that 92 team is because when you walk into athena gym it's not just like a banner they got like a portrait they got john wallace's jersey they got like the schedule they got everything about that 92 team that team is legendary over in greece so this team with well, the three brothers spoke for the team and they said they're trying to do similar things this year yeah you know anthony lamb coming from there as well not as much playoff success obviously you know went on to go to the nba but could be a, a third sort of generation of, of standouts there at Athena. We'll see how they go uh, as the season comes along. Like like we said, Athena, the class of AA, you know, we, we like to keep other teams in the mix. It's not going to be easy for them to win a sectional title, but the overwhelming favorites uh, for sure coming down the stretch. And then I got a chance to go out to Pittsford, talk to the, the swimming team. You know, obviously they're going on for something like their 85th straight sectional title. I believe it's actually 22, uh, if, I, if I'm not correct. But the reason why I went out there, not just for the team in general, but for Mr. Cam Stetzer, this story is going to be coming up on you next week, uh, either Monday or Wednesday as the sectional gears up. But Mr. Cam Stetzer has qualified for the state's tournament, the state swimming championships, in every single swimming event. And, and that's just not every single skill. You know, you got you know, the, the freestyle, you got the butterfly, you got the backstroke, the breath. It's not just like one of every one of those. It is literally every single distance, every single relay, every single stroke, 
that you can qualify for. He's done it. He's the first boy in Section 5 history that we know of, and we think it's the only one to do that. First person ever to do that in Pittsburgh boys' swimming history. There's been a couple on the girls' side to do it. And and just so you, you understand the magnitude of this, there are 11 events in swimming that he's qualified for. Amongst Section 5 swimmers, this is just amongst Section 5, here are his ranks and his team's ranks for the various 11 swimming events. In Section 5, all of the Rochester area, first, 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 second, 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 third, third, third. Like, like, what are we doing here? It, it's just ridiculous how how much this guy's putting up his numbers, putting up his stats. He can, he can only swim in two individual events and two relays, so he's going to see what he can do when it gets down to the state tournament time. But but Cam Stetzer, just a, a powerhouse of story. Looking forward to bringing that to you next week. Nah, they need to figure out a way to make my man an exception. And, and as long as his body can allow it, put him in as many events as possible. That's crazy for me because I wasn't, I didn't, first off, I've never been into swimming as a kid. So the more that I've been here in Rochester, I'm like, yo, okay, like all these events and these different strokes and, and, and things of that nature. So I'm trying to equate it to track, which I know very well. I'm like, wait a second. You mean to tell me my man could be qualifying the 100 as well as he could in the mile? Like what? <laughs> Like he can do the uh, the one hundred and the high jump. Like no, I mean that's got a little. But you get the point though. Like <laughs> that is absurd. Like, I know when we became familiar with his story a couple of weeks ago, I was like, yeah, that don't even sound right. Like <laughs> man, man, you got to like double check, verify, whatever. Hit up Pittsburgh, whoop de whoop. And the fact that he's doing this, listen. Once again, y'all at home, I have no idea about like how college and Olympics work. But boy, I know this won't be the last time we'll be hearing about him. I promise y'all that. It's like this is this is absurd of the stuff that he's doing here. I, I mean, he need to teach me. Go be my personal uh swim coach or something like that. Cause my man can do it all. Yeah, he's going on to swim at Binghamton University eventually. And, and one of the things that really stood out to me is that he's only been kind of swimming full time since ninth grade. So he he's still getting better, his coach said. He's still in like the developmental phase, he kind of said. He's starting to grow out of that a little bit, but the, the sky's the limit. We'll have that story for you next week as we get into sectional time for swimming. Time to move on to our segments. We got our teams of the week coming up. Once again, these are our teams that have really stood out on paper, in person. Our spotlight teams were shining a light on. Carl, who is your team of the week? Yeah, we're going to go with the Avon Boys Hoop Squad, man. I mean, they, they put together an impressive week this past uh i would say about eight nine days i'm cheating a little bit here uh <laughs> taking down york who's one of the better teams in class c2 beat them by five beat down Leroy. obviously y'all know the mary holly jr show he's fantastic every time he steps on the floor they were able to take them down by 15 then earlier last week they beat rochester prep took them down by four rochester prep is a class a team so it's, it's always impressive when you can go up two classifications to take down a, um, a foe this their resume is absurd. I mean, they they take they've taken down at least five separate state ranked teams, de depending on whichever classification that they're in. That is just, I mean, they've taken down Hornell earlier on this year. They've swept York and Leroy. So like those are, if we're talking about resumes in terms of March Madness and where we're seeding teams, <laughs> listen, I don't care how many losses Avon gets by the end of the year, they are the number one seed, and honestly, might be the overall number one seed for March Madness. This is the type of resume that they're putting together this year. Um, 
They're ranked third in the state for Class B, so clearly they've been rewarded for their success thus far. And this team was the one actually where the, the guy in the gym, the one of the assistant coaches, <laughs> uh, he came up to me. He was like, hey, man, we tough. All right, don't, don't sleep on us now. We in Class B now. Don't forget. I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll see how the season transpires. Um, and clearly my man was right. Um, and, and it's always funny about Avon. I always say this every single time I mention it, but they got a bunch of soccer kids and they're <laughs> successful in soccer and it translates clearly to the court. Don't know if I've ever heard of that really transition, but clearly Avon got something over there in terms of their soccer to basketball pipeline. All right. Uh, Michael Rowling, uh, Rowling, excuse me, Josh Harder, Trevor Shroud, Ryan Hillman, all doing fantastic things on the court. They also have a win over Wheatland Chilai, who was another St. ranked team, I believe, in Class C. So Avon, fantastic things, not just this past week, but the entire season as a whole. Yeah, 16 and 1 for the newly renamed River Hawks. And I, I got the chance to see them in action. I believe it was against that Rochester prep or excuse me, it was against Ro or Rochester Academy Charter School, another quality team. And the thing that kind of impresses me the most about Avon is that all of those guys you mentioned, like they're, they're kind of similar in their games. They can all shoot. They can all go off the dribble. They can all cut. They do some good passing. You know, it's just really good basketball. When you see Avon play, they work together really well as a team. You can see, you know, they're well coached. Shout out to the guy at the gym. Apparently he's doing a pretty good job down there. And, you know, the fact that Avon is moving up from class C1 to B2 could actually be in their favor because we're going to talk about with my team of the week. Lions is really tough down there in C1. Canisteo Greenwood is certainly going to give them a fight. They're 15-1 and one with a lesser schedule. So who knows, you know, how they fare when, when they get to playoff time. Leroy, like you mentioned, 12-3 and three on the season as well. But, you know, Avon might have their number this year. The, the River Hawks are going to be really tough to take down this year as they are always, you know, you know, they're a, a perennial power. So, you know, they got the experience. They're, they're going to be a tough team come sectional time for sure. Yeah, definitely. I know. I think it was Josh Harder who set either the section five <laughs> or Avon three point record last year. They can play different styles depending on how they need to get it done. And um, I, I recommend for all those who get the chance to watch Avon, make sure y'all do it. Cause they're a fun bunch for sure. Yeah. And that win over York, just a few days prior, the Golden Knights took down Randolph, the undefeated defending state champs, by 30 points. So that was uh, an impressive win for Avon to take down York as well. My spotlight, or uh, my team of the week, Lions boys basketball. Gave it away a little bit pre earlier, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles. They are 14-2 and two on the season last year. Far West Regionals appearance, you know, the J.C. Walker show getting it done, all levels of the, the game, really one of the best players in Section 5 last year, whether it be small schools, whether it be large schools, he was just a walking bucket. This year, their team has evolved a little bit, obviously, with J.C. Walker leaving. Uh, kind of the focal point of their offense now, J.J. Johnson, Jameer Johnson, big man, sophomore. He He's a physical presence down low, as you would imagine. He can also, you know, run the court. I saw him last night against East Rochester, a battle of the two top teams in C1. Lions kind of pulled away from East Rochester. It wasn't really particularly close. They ended up winning that game as I, I bring that up. Uh, I believe it was by just about 30 points. You know, uh, uh, they were menacing on defense. Yeah, 77 to 48, the victory there. So 29 points there. Just really were, were throwing things at East Rochester. They couldn't handle that press was really deadly there. Uh, John Johnson, their big man. They they have some great players on the outside as well. Devin Williams, he had 22 points and seven steals. 
Desmond Bell, 11 points. Steven Lebrecht, 10 points. Mike Briggs, a really talented guard who's been getting it done for them in a while, for a while. And, and they've had, uh, they have a handful of quality wins on the season so far. They beat Geneva about a couple of weeks ago, 55 to 49, a really good class A foe. They beat Avon, the aforementioned Riverhawks, 51 to 45. So this is another team that is starting to kind of separate themselves from, you know, certainly East Rochester. That was a statement win. The other teams in Class C, Lions ranked six in the New York State rankings so far this season. They are going to be, once again, you know, the Lions-Lions dynasty just continues. They're going to be a really tough out come playoff time again. I am so happy that you finally got to see them, and one of us did, because earlier this year, I was like, man, who is that kid that I saw last year when he was a freshman? And I saw him, I was like, dude, come talk to me in two years. You going to be on the football field, and you're going to have all the offers in the country. Big J.J. Johnson, that's exactly who it was. That kid is huge, and I just watched the highlight of him running the court. Listen, listen, a little PSA for J.J. right here, listen. You're good on the basketball court, clearly. My man, you're nice. You're nice. You're tough. All that good type of stuff. But right down the road, you're actually close to Syracuse. You're actually closer than I am right now. That's Jimmy Beheim company. But we're talking a little side, a little we're other hit, side there. Little 45 minutes to your due east. Go hit up. Fran Brown, I know the trenches at Syracuse need help. If you need me to make a call, I got you. You're a big dude. And you can make a lot of money. Look, you can make a lot of money playing basketball. I hear you. I hear you. But that football field? Hey, now. Big JJ, you remember me from last year? We talked last year. And you was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. No, no, no. No, no, no. No more seeing now. Let's, 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 let's talk about it, all right? So that's my PSA to JJ, just between him and I right there. But regardless, though, uh, more, back to Lions, though. Fun team. I, I know last year, uh, JJ, I mean, JC Walker, excuse me, was the show. But you can still see other guys who can still – potentially get it done whenever he would graduate absolutely as he did and uh my boy big jj is one of the guys who have stepped up in his departure yeah baby shack is what his parents i saw his family with the signs in the stands so uh, a fun player for sure lions two losses on the season geneva really early in the season like i said they redeemed that one they lost to finney a couple weeks ago S seems like a little bit of an aberration there but lions you know a c1 power We'll see how far they can go uh, just a couple of weeks when things really get good. Moving on to our Eyes on You team, our teams that deserve a little more attention, a little more love, starting to shoot up the ranks, get our attention, a team that you should at least know about. We're educating the people. Carl, your Eyes on You team. Let's educate the folks about the Newark Reds girls hoop squad. We've talked about Newark here and there, the boys squad. I'm obviously doing fantastic teams, uh, fantastic things, excuse me, over there. But let's talk about the ladies for a little bit. The 12 and 4 on the year in Class A. Nice win over East Ridge, another win over East this season. Um, they split with Waterloo. Obviously, it was, we all know Waterloo may not be the same team they were when they were at the state tournament two years in a row. But regardless, splitting with them is still nothing to sneeze at whatsoever. They do have a tough loss to Palmac. Palmac is also another good team in Class A. And then they did lose to Sutherland the season opener, but it was only by 12. So, Hopefully, as the year has gone on, Newark has gotten to a bit of a groove here. Um, the reason why I'm familiar with this squad is because Takayla Vaughn, I had her on Section 5 Best, I believe, last week or maybe the week prior or something like that. She's a double-double machine, getting it done every single week for the Reds. Uh, Natalie Buck dropped 24 last night in a win over Midlakes. Also, Naomi, jo Naomi Jones is another baller. 
for the Reds as well. That's a squad, you know what? We talked about how dominant Class AA is for the ladies, and rightfully so. They, they Every single Friday, every single week, it's box office in that classification. But Class A, got some... Got some people in there and throwing some nice jabs. Maybe not the haymakers, but, you know, they're making it exciting. And I think the Reds are one of the teams who definitely need to be mentioned in that in that conversation for sure. Yeah, Newark ranks 23rd right now in the Class A rankings. You mentioned Palmac shooting all the way up to number six in the state. They played on January 17th in Palmac's gym. Newark lost by just one point. They're going to get a rematch. The last game of the regular season Valentine's Day, February 14th, for those that need reminders at home, Valentine's Day is coming up. Another PSA out there for, for all the fellas out there. They're going to play Palmac at Newark, so it's going to be in Newark's gym. A great playoff primer, a tune-up. You know Newark's going to want to redeem themselves from that one-point loss, and if they can take down the uh, the Red Raiders there, that's really going to be a statement, a, a good confidence boost coming into the Class 8 bracket there. I wish it was the other way around where like the first loss was in Newark, but then the second was in Palmac. <laughs> but not, but nonetheless, though, getting them back in your home gym right before the postseason, uh, nice little tune up or feel good, as you just mentioned. My eyes on you team, another team in class A, really that is probably a year away or so, but boy, they have emerged onto the scene with authority this year. The East Ridge Lancers. For those not familiar, the East Ridge Lancers girls basketball program, past couple years, a little bit of tough times. Last season, 9-12 and record. The year before that, 7-13 and on the season. They lost 71-26 to in their playoff game. This is a team, you know, they, they did some decent things, but, you know, not a team that really need to pay attention to too much on the girls basketball scene. This year, you got to pay attention to them. 11 and 5 on the season this season, already surpassing last year's win totals. They've got wins over Spencerport. They've got wins over Rush Henrietta. They've got wins over Waterloo and Mercy. Some quality teams, some teams that, you know, you got to beat to get into that middle upper tier of Section 5 basketball. And the, the really exciting thing about this East Ridge team is that they, the sky is the limit. They're two best players statistically and by the eye test from what I've seen, eighth grader Liv Green, Olivia Green, and ninth grader Alyssa Cowart, a freshman. So they got an eighth grader and a ninth grader finishing, uh, you know, leading the way. Miss Liv Green, looking at the box scores, basically just about 20 a night. Alyssa Cowart, uh, more of a, a forward presence, getting it done 15, 20 a night, some rebounds in there. They're, they're on Twitter. They're active on Twitter. So I, I see their highlight reels. Live Green for just an eighth grader. Great finishing skills, really smooth. She can shoot. You can tell once she starts growing up, you know, to, to face some of these bigger players she's going to go up against. She's going to just be a really dominant presence. Alyssa Cowart, some great footwork down low. They've also got an 11th grader, Ada Krupa, on the team. Uh, so she's still got one more year left as an 11th grader. They only got two seniors on the team. So this is a squad that is going to be a problem for years to come. If they can keep this core together, keep this nucleus together, I think they're going to be building something really good over there at Eastridge. It still boggles my mind as someone who's from Ohio, and you're talking about ninth graders and eighth graders <laughs> doing things at the varsity level in high school sports. I've been here two and a half years now, and that's still, I still can't really comprehend, like, yo, like, what? Like, 
eighth grader, man, you're in middle school, my boy. Like, you're not even competing against a senior. So the fact that they're able to do that and are two of the better players on the team, hey, no. Let, let, let's let's keep them at East Ridge, and we can do something nice over there. Nice, beautiful gym every time going over there. Love the, the nice lighting over there. You know, I, the people at home, I know y'all don't care, but I like going over to East Ridge. It's nice facilities over there. Um, I, I'm basically – Pleading to the to the two young ladies to stay there and build some the nice there because y'all got some nice facilities over there. But I digress. <laughs> Regardless, though, uh, that is cool, especially when you, when they're that young. And I know the coaching staff over there is probably very very excited that the fact that they are building towards something and then they're not there's oh like they look good in practice, but you see the the proof is in the pudding on the floor, and then you can build upon something going towards to the future as well. Yeah, and with Live Green as just an eighth grader, sometimes you see these younger players. You know, they kind of seem out of place. They're, they're getting numbers just based on, you know, volume and, and maybe be, beating up on worse teams. Not the case here. Uh, we're going to probably get a chance to see them play next Friday on round ball. They play an early game against Edison Tech. We love those early girls games. We get to see them tip. So I'm looking forward to getting a chance to see the Lancers play in person. Moving on to this week's slate round ball roundup. A lot of great games, a lot of good matchups coming up. Carl. What game do you have your eye on for this Friday? The Penfield boys hosting Victor. It's a rematch of a game, uh, I believe, early December where Victor won by 12. Victor, two L's in a row. Lost to Brighton and I believe lost to Liverpool, an out-of-section uh, out team. So they're running on a little two-game losing streak. I'm sure the Blue Devils want to turn things around a bit. And then Penfield. Trevor Hoffer come off a school record 40 ball last night. Mm -hmm. So he feeling good. The Patriots feeling good over there. They got the Blue Devils, the defending state champions in their home gym tomorrow night. Two teams who are very proud of what they've been doing, what they've done in recent history on the basketball floor. Victor, hold on. We trying to correct things a little bit. Penfield, like, we got Trevor. We going as far as we is he taking this. All right. And that's always exciting. Penfield, 12 and 3 record record. Victor, 9 and 5, although their schedule kind of they have, they have a very, very tough schedule, especially with some of those out-of-town teams. Regardless, can't wait to see how that one turns out tomorrow night. Yeah, Penfield's played some really thrilling games. We saw them, you know, take down Hilton earlier this year in overtime. And, Victor, they're going to be kind of out for blood. That Brighton game was kind of an ugly finish for them. Brighton scored with, I think, like four or five seconds left to tie it up. Then Victor inbounds underneath their own basket. They turn it over there, and Brighton gets the, the bucket right there. So. You turn a, a win to a loss just like that. So they, they got one day of practice in between there. You know, that's going to be a lot of, you know, that was a, a, a focused practice for the Blue Devils. So you know that they're going to be ready to, you know, prove that what happened last night was an aberration when they take on Penfield. Uh, those, I can't, I do not envy that practice today. I do not. Uh, so for those kids, I hope y'all ball out tomorrow night. That's all I'm going to say. My game of the week, I've got my eyes on taking a look at East at McQuaid, boys basketball. These two teams played earlier this season, an overtime game, a game that I, I was there for the second quarter of it. East was pulling away. I, I you know, I was, I came back when I looked at the score, I, I was kind of surprised it got that close. I didn't even realize the game was an overtime game until I did my recap writing the our article afterwards because these scoreboards it stayed at four. It didn't show it was a five. And I just, you know, didn't really even begin to think that this game was going to overtime. The real reason why I want to focus on this game, the McQuaid Knights, their season has not gone 
exactly the way that they've planned so far. They're in class AAA right now at the bottom of the standings of the seven team standings at five and 10. But, but, but let me tell you some of their games so far this season. And this is basically every game against a quality section five opponent starting most recently and going backwards. They've got a nine point loss to Fairport. They beat Rush Henrietta. Then we've got the one-point loss to Franklin, the overtime loss to East, the tw- a 12-point loss to Edison, a five-point loss to Schrader, a seven-point loss to Aquinas, an eight-point loss to Franklin, a five-point loss to Monroe, and then they started the year with a win over Edison. They're losing so many close games. This is a team that could easily turn this 5-10 and 10 record into a 10-5 and 5 record. I think they were doing just about the same thing last year, too, just losing close games. If they can turn this thing around, they could be a presence in the Class AAA playoffs. But you got to win some of these games eventually. And this is a great chance for them to prove going into sectionals that they can get it done when it matters most. Yeah, man, those are the rough ones because without even knowing how those games transpired, as you and I know, a lot of that stuff is free throw. So it might (laughs) say seven-point loss, but it was really two. Like, it was really a two-point game or a three-point game that just turned into seven by the free throw game at the end of the the contest. So, yeah, that's rough. I I hope that um, either, A, they're working on their free throws down the stretch, or B, Um, they've been able to figure out some in-the-game situations to put players in the best situations to feel comfortable. Um, But, yeah, that's rough. But uh, let's be all frank here. McQuaid, I don't care what they records say. You best believe you step on the floor with them. You better um, be prepared because they're not going to go down lightly at all. Yeah, you know, you got Jack Leisure uh, leading the way as head coach. You know he's going to figure out something where they're going to be a presence come playoff time here in Class AAA. Well, that it's, well, that'll do it for us this week on the High School Huddle. Coming up next week, one of our special shows for you. We're going to bring in Karen and Gerard Iglesias from Primetime 585, our new uh, partners in crime here. It is Matt Trabold week, so we always have them on this time of the year. We're going to talk some basketball. We're going to talk perhaps, you know, the expansion of primetime and, of course, mental health awareness as uh, we, we celebrate Matt Trabold week and his legacy and all that he did for Section 5 Sports. Should be a great show for you coming up next week. Until then, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, RochesterFirst.com, and YouTube. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. For Mr. Carl Jones, I am AJ Fellman. Have a great rest of your day. We will see you next time.